pull up a bar stool. So you know what's embarrassing? It's when uh, you record a 35-minute podcast and you realize when you're all done that one of the voices never recorded. It's pretty embarrassing, especially if you've done it multiple times. So <laughs> anyone who, who does podcasts, uh, if you've made that mistake, you're not alone. Um, if you haven't made that, made that mistake, make sure you don't. <laughs> Because uh, basically what happened, uh, this is, I know this is really terrible, but uh, I had to record it twice with Andrew today, which meant I had to drink two alcoholic beverages. So pretty tough life, but um, good one today. Andrew and I are going to talk about the 20% rule update, audience network, um, and some lead ad stuff because um, there's some updates there too. So some real good stuff. So sit back, relax. Pop a bottle. Let's do it. Hey everybody, John here from JohnLumber.com and John Lumber Digital on Facebook. Here with another edition of the social media podcast where each week I invite you to the virtual pub and get drunk on social media. Uh, this is the second time today I've had to get drunk on social media, so it's starting to get a little serious. Um, inviting Andrew back. Now, this is a horrible story, but just a reminder to anyone who does any kind of recording, especially if you have guests or otherwise, make sure you're recording properly. Uh, so today, I had Andrew on, and, and we had a great podcast. Uh, I recorded his audio, didn't record mine. So we're doing it again, and it's going to be twice as nice. How's, how are you doing, Andrew? I'm, by this point, really hammered. I mean, this is getting drunk on social. I mean, I am just drees unk. Yeah. Uh, but I'm doing good. But I'm doing good. I'm feeling good. I mean, I feel really good. Um, actually, little little story on that, too. I had a webinar um, that is tonight that's rescheduled from last month when I actually just straight up missed the time oh, by an hour. Ouch. And uh, I just wrote them and I was like, honestly, I had it on my calendar wrong. And I scheduled it when I was in California. And I so now I have the world clock on my Google nice. calendar permanently because in different time zones, it's yeah. a challenge for me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So yeah. anyway, hey, it's, it's, all, it's all good. I mean, we're all doing what we need to do. It's just funny though. This is not the first time I've, I've we, we I've done that with you multiple times, right? This is not the first time with you, right? It's, I mean, I think it's you know this is between the second and fifth time this has happened. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's it's irrelevant at this point. It's not a big deal. Well, uh, it's ridiculous though. So I know it's happened with Chris Brogan, and I know it happened with like years ago. I had Jim from Shortstack on. I happened with him, uh, and then not to mention. After we record, I do a, a, a webinar, Power Heroes Club webinar, and what happens? I don't record my audio. It's like, do it am, again. Am, am I getting old? Because I'm pretty sure I'm recording audio right now, but who knows? Who knows? <laughs> Classic. So I know you're having some great Wisconsin beer this morning. Uh, I understand if you're drinking nothing, I'm drinking something. Uh, but I had to re I had to recover because I was drinking an eight percent something or other, and then I realized midway through that webinar, which may have contributed, I hadn't eaten anything all day. Uh, no, that's ridiculous. Yeah, but anyway, what, you you working on anything? What you got going on? You know, I got some really quality 
Wisconsin H2O. Oh. I'm just going to be real frank with you. I mean, that's, that's, that's what I'm hooking up. Um, if I was drinking a beer right now, though, I'll tell you, my newest favorite beer is the Nectarine American Paleo from Wisconsin Brewing Company. It's just mm. super good, really good summer beer. Love hitting that up. Um, so that, that's what I would be drinking, and I'm going to hit one probably later on this evening. Interesting. Well, anyone who heard Andrew talking to himself on the podcast today would have heard me talking about Not Your Father's Ginger Ale. Uh, so I poured one of these. So I'm a big fan of Not Your Father's Root Beer, which is an alcoholic root beer. Well, this one's an alcoholic ginger ale. Um, I settled with this one because I heard ginger ales are good for your belly. And after going most of the day without eating and drinking that 8% beer before and going through all the stresses I'm going through today, I need something that's kind of my belly. So this is the route I'm oh. going. <laughs> little, ginger, little ginger never hurt anybody. All right. Cheers to you, man. Cheers. Cheers. That is an interesting beverage. All right. So, boy, I feel like we've talked about this before, but we'll, we'll try to make it feel as, as if we've never talked about it before. Um, the first thing that happened today, um, 20% rule. So, just to, first of all, really quick background. Um, back in April, people in the UK were part of this test where they thought the 20% rule was gone because their help pages and everything changed. Um, basically, what it ended up being was, you know, it was a it was a test, so it was a recommendation that they keep text low within the images, and um, they would no longer have ads rejected going over 20%, but instead of falling into certain buckets, and like the more text they used, the less reach they'd have and more would cost. Well, that was part of a test, and then I got the word from Facebook yesterday that that is now being rolled out officially so today, today is Wednesday, um, and of course it has a rollout, I don't think I have at least last time I checked, um, it's being rolled out solely, so we'll see, but in general it's going to be one of those things where you have a lot of people um, celebrating prematurely, because it's not that you can suddenly use as much crazy text as you want, um, it's that it's, you're still going to pay for it, it's like you got to pay more and reach fewer people to use more text. So in reality, it's like, well, if you've been using less than 20% text, you should keep doing that. I mean, I mean it's, it's uh, I don't know, it's interesting. Well, I mean, what do you think about it? I mean, I, I think it's one of those where I don't think it's gonna fundamentally change a lot of the strategies that the people on this podcast are using. You know, you're, you're out there and you have already adjusted to it. Um, I think it's going to help beginner advertisers, people that, you know, they're they're getting into it. And it was one of those rules where, you know, you got into it as an advertiser, probably as a new person advertising, and you're like, what's the, tw- why can't I have this? I only have these certain photos that are of my logo and that's all I have, I'm a small business owner. And so it probably didn't make a lot of sense. Um, and I think this is one of those where they're basically saying, yeah, it can happen, you're just gonna pay more. And I think to the advanced people, you'll know that to the beginners, it's gonna allow them to launch an ad without a problem. And I don't think beginner advertisers are looking at CPMs and things like that anyway. So it's not probably a, a, a huge deal um, because it's gonna allow them to put an ad up, which is what their their goal is. Um, and yeah, so I, I don't think it's gonna change a lot. I mean, I think they're, they're it's 
not great that they're allowing more text back in because people are definitely going to take advantage of it. Yes um, and no. I mean, I, I'm not convinced it's going to. You're going to see a difference in your news feed, though. I mean, stuff slips through anyway, and that's true. And, and we know that if it's a lot of text, it's barely going to reach anybody. So I don't. I don't know if anyone's really going to notice any difference. Yeah, maybe it's not even going to matter really. And, and not to mention, like if, if it gets you're like, oh yeah, I can pr- run this these ads with a lot of text in them, and then you realize it just doesn't benefit you. You're not going to keep doing it. But I think you have a really good point, though, about the beginner advertiser. Like, they're just hitting that boost button. Boost button. They don't That's know that do. they need a certain image right. or anything like that. And they're like, especially they're promoting a link. They're like, I can't control that. Oh, they think. I can't control the image in that link and, you know, whatever. So, um, I got to think. So, first of all, that helps them in a way. This is going to lead to a lot more money for Facebook, I think. Because I think so, and I think instead that's of re- a good thing. Because instead of rejecting those ads, they go and they go at a higher cost because it has t- text. Well, and you know, it's kind of interesting too. I'm thinking about it is um, Facebook is talking a lot about the audience network, which I know we're going to talk about on this um, in this episode. But you know, the audience network right now, you launch an ad. Obviously, the default placement. I mean, you put it to all placement. If you don't know how to separate that, you know, it, basically everything's going to go to mobile pretty much. And I wouldn't be surprised if more of those placements are going to head more towards audience network, and you're going to start to see more audience network placements alongside, um, you know, mobile placements because they are audience network is a lot on mobile. The more that that grows, and audience network is probably a the DNA of that platform is different in, in terms of that those ad units and where they're served are different fundamentally than um, the mobile newsfeed. And so it could be that they're a little less worried about it because they're going to start showing more of those ads in different places and they will look not as out of place, right? I mean, whereas if you saw an ad that had a lot of picture, a lot of text all over it, on the newsfeed now, you would probably notice that a little bit more, whereas in the, whereas in the audience network, maybe you would not. So, I mean, it's just kind of thinking about what that might mean in, in the future. If you're trying to guide us down the audience network path, uh, I'm not trying to. You're trying to that any path. Anybody can walk. Look, as you can walk down whatever path you want as a Facebook advertiser. Okay, yeah, it's yeah. all about paths. Well, before we move on to a different topic, um, I mean, my annoyance with it all is that previously, um, when I created an image for that I was going to use in an ad, I had a grid that was an overlay, and I would know right away whether it fell within the twenty percent or whatever that I needed. Now, there is no 20%. And the guidelines for okay, low, medium, and high, are there's, it's not a percentage. So it's just like, this is low. This is okay. This is medium. And like, I yeah, don't know what that means. Really so you have to kind of eyeball it. Um, so, that's, so that's the first thing is, my assumption and kind of what Facebook tells me is if you stay under 20%, you'll be okay. But even when you look at the rule, that's probably gonna be fall under the low, not the okay. Which is kind of tricky on Facebook's part because I think what that's gonna lead me to do is like, oh, I'm not gonna use text at all now. Like I'm starting to think about it because if it means that by having low text, which is basically what I always use now, um, it costs more than using no text, maybe I should start trying no text. 
So kind of a tricky little thing they did there. Yeah, that is interesting. That's very interesting. And I think, you know, it's it's one of those that um, people get confused by arbitrary rules, right? Yeah. They get confused yeah. by, um, it, it's like, it's kind of an example to me of like the period on Twitter in front of the at symbol in order for people to see it. And oh, yeah. this never made sense, yeah. you know, this never made sense to a lot of people, right? It was like an arbitrary rule, like a coder did or something. And so I think the 20% text rule was very good in, in its intention. And they now have seen that, that you know, that has um, created a, more confusion maybe than is necessary. So um, it'll be interesting to see how we all react to that. And, 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 and it's less of a hard guideline. And uh, I still, you know, think just like you, John, I really don't think it's going to change. <laughs> I don't think it's going to change much. I don't, so. either. I don't either. So let's uh, shift our, what? Let's shift our, shift our what? Shift some, shift our conversation. I'm, 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 shift, I'm t- shift. You can <laughs> sh- you can shift the shift the convo. Uh, I'm drunk. All right. Uh, so let's talk about audience network just as you wanted. Um, so so first of all, a little background on audience network for anyone who's not aware. Because this is I, I don't I think if you, you want one topic about Facebook ads that's least understood, it's probably what audience network is. Basically, mm-hmm. um, an advertiser, and so this is not available when you're boosting a post but if you go into either power editor or the ad create tool and you select placements one of the placements is auto audience network i think it either is now or was previously just referred to as partner mobile apps um but reason it would move away from that because it's expanding but so basically what that is is using the same targeting you're using right now um going after people by interests or you know your website visitors or whatever but reaching them while they aren't on Facebook, typically. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that would be within mobile applications that are monetizing their apps using Facebook ad placements. So they did place ads within their mobile app. And um, like I found my, my ads end up appearing in um, some interesting applications. It's always kind of cool when I see them. Um, so it appears there, but now, um, Instant articles are becoming big. That's a way that people can monetize their instant articles. And then um, additionally, this is the one way that most people don't even know about. You can monetize your mobile website by placing audience network ad placements there on your site. So basically, so when you're running these ads, you're going to reach people um, off of Facebook too, which is pretty cool. So that's the background. Now, what was announced recently was that you can reach non-Facebook users through audience network too which sounds crazy until you until you start thinking about all the ways that that would be possible like they can learn more about someone based on their interaction on people's websites um, that utilize the facebook pixel and facebook plugins and things like that so what are your thoughts on this andrew i mean the audience network is clearly going to be a place um that facebook's going to continue to expand into right now it's very uh, you know, it started with mobile apps, with people building that ad space into their mobile app, um, and it's expanding into the mobile web. And I think, importantly, it's expanding into instant articles. Um, you know, I even saw somebody recently <clears throat> hypothesize that in Facebook Audience Network could eventually be the placement that where some Oculus Rift uh, mm. ad, and ads go with an Oculus Rift. 
And I think, you know, there's a couple different things here. One of them is Facebook has a finite amount of inventory, right? And we know this, and we've seen this that people have been advertising for a long time, that there's only enough certain amount of space um, that is on the platform and people, we, our costs have gone up, bidding has gone up because of that competition. Facebook is extending and decoupling all their apps for usage and for, you know, the sort of penetration, like look at Messenger. Messenger now is a whole other product and soon there'll be, I'm sure, Messenger placement as an app as well. But, you know, they're looking for other places to put this. And one of the things that Facebook never did is that they didn't ever have an ad network. So they purchased MoPub like three years ago, and which was a sad network from actually from Microsoft. And they rebuilt that into uh, to Facebook audience network or what people call fan. Um, and so it's, I think what it's going to do is it's going to help extend our ads further. Mm-hmm. That's one big thing. That's a good thing for advertisers. Um, I also think that due to the rise in instant articles, it's helping us get more quality placements. So the more that things are natively in Facebook, the more that that's going to make it easy um, for other people to kind of kind of get in there. And then I, I, the, the third thing I think is this is directly you know a shot at Google, right? Google mm-hmm. Display. Oh, network, absolutely, absolutely. You know this, or you know even in any of the others like Yahoo's, you know, sort of known a little bit for their ad network, regardless of what you think about the company. Yeah. And, and I, it's 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 pushing um, across, shooting across their bow. It's pushing into their space. Um, which is you don't have to now even have a, uh, a Facebook account to have an ad on there, and you don't have to actually have, um, you know, I mean, you don't have to be connected to Facebook at all, and you can see a Facebook ad. And uh, if you think about all the places where there's Facebook pixels and there's Facebook, you know, uh, connectivity, any sort of Facebook code on the web, that's a large percentage of like major websites throughout the internet. So. Um, I think it's only going to get bigger, and I think it's really important as we look to expand our campaigns into places, not just in the Facebook newsfeed. Absolutely. And um, you, you can act like you've never heard this theory before, uh, but because I talked about it earlier today. But this was actually, uh, I was inspired by something I read by Josh Constein from TechCrunch that I think makes a lot of sense. And that... When you think about it, there are 1.6 billion people on Facebook, and like you said, it's finite placement, but really, it's finite audience. That's it's going to start. It's not going to keep growing forever. And as big as that is, there's more growth potential in every single mobile app out there, in every single website out there. So if Facebook audience network ends, ends up becoming the advertising um, the monetization method of choice over Google, I think you can make a case that there would be reason for Facebook to consider limiting, if not eliminating, ads on the Facebook platform. And as crazy as that sounds... If, again, if it ends up being dwarfed by everything else that, that from, from Facebook Audience Network, which is possible, um, and it improves the user experience, which is always very important on Facebook, um, which would also not only provide more engagement, but more ways to target people on Audience Network because of that improved engagement. You got to think that could be a consideration and people would be so happy. Oh, no more ads on Facebook. I mean, 
it sounds crazy and it probably is, but I, I, when you start thinking about all these ways to branch off with audience network, I, I feel like that's gotta be a possibility. Absolutely. I mean, I, I think that's kind of, that's super interesting. I mean, and, and you look at, um, you know, kind of what a lot of people have, have talked about so much of it is on mobile. You know, there's, there's really right now, mobile ad networks, there aren't that many of them that are legit. I mean, you talk about Google is huge. Uh, Google's dis- Google Display Network or GDN um, is a $1 billion run rate in Q4. Um, and I think it's it's now Facebook, their audience network is only two years old, and it's actually uh, claiming that they are the second biggest mobile ad network and the biggest native ad network out there um, and it's only two years old so you can kind of you can just see where this goes and so much of the shifts in mobile I think they they can't keep stuffing ads in the newsfeed and on Instagram it's gonna they're gonna run out of space um, because user growth has slowed frankly in the United States and uh, and I think it's only gonna get more competitive so it's a it's really it's a, it's a huge opportunity for, for those of you just as you're thinking about it and where you might grow um, and what things to start thinking about. Um, I did actually look and do some research after we talked this morning too about it. And um, some of the most prominent placements for the Facebook audience network are Shazam, Huffington Post, Mobile Web. Uh, the Kardashians have the Facebook audience built into their website. Um, and Trivia Crack is another one. That, that's, so, that's where I've seen my ads. It's Trivia Crack. Yeah. yeah. Trivia Crack. Yeah. So, you know, it, it's, it's pretty... It's pretty interesting, um, just the amount of, of, of things that you know are going to come out of it. So, yeah, no, absolutely, it's fascinating stuff. It's a lot of uh, speculation, but um, thing is, Facebook and just the advertising options of potential—it's not going to slow down anytime soon. Um, no, and I think I, I, I think if you have the opportunity to split out that audience and replacement right now and do testing on that, especially from a website clicks perspective. Uh, I would definitely try that because I've seen pretty good success with that thus far and really high relevant scores and actually some, even some converting, um, you know, yeah. conversions coming through and some pretty decent stuff. So yeah, my, and so my experience on that hasn't been good, but I haven't really gone back to it lately. Um, I think that the primary reason why it wasn't good was when it was mainly just in uh, mobile apps. Because I feel like there's a lot of accidental clicks in mobile apps. So I can tell you, I was accidentally clicking on on, uh, audience network ads in mobile apps. So I was getting lots of clicks, uh, good cost per click, but the quality of those clicks was awful. So, um, but I think as that expands to websites and to um, instant articles, you're going to have a lot higher quality in that because it's not a matter of something just popping up on your phone out of nowhere that you weren't expecting. So, um, but anyway, shifting gears a little bit here. Uh, I don't want to talk about lead ads. Um, I want to talk both about lead ads and a recent development there with uh, lead ad custom audiences. But just, I think I feel like we need to start with lead ads so anyone who's unfamiliar. Um, so lead ads basically is Facebook's attempt to replace the landing page or give you an option instead of the landing page. So instead of driving someone to a landing page where it takes eight seconds to load, where they got to then provide, enter their name, email address, whatever, and where the, it may not be mobile friendly and all that kind of stuff, that you can create a 
uh, lead ad form where you click what looks like just a typical link ad, flips over, and you get this form where it's like, oh, it pre-fills your name, email address, almost any information. And then all you gotta do is hit submit, and that's it. So it's extremely easy. So uh, before we move into what I, everything I wanna talk about there, I know you wanna talk about lead ads in general and kind of results and whatnot. I mean, what do, you, what do you think about lead ads? I mean, lead ads early on uh, suffered from what a lot of ad placements on Facebook have, um, which is Facebook is sort of dips their toe into the water on them in terms of serving them, uh, and they don't get served as much. I think you saw, we saw this with video link posts initially as well, um, you know, where in the set of the photo and the link post ad, it's the video, um, and they weren't getting served as much and, and, and kind of it was hurting them. And lead ads were the same. Uh, I was having a difficult time doing you know, getting volume, frankly, on lead ads, and they weren't working as well. But I think now that they've been proven, and obviously Facebook's making a lot of improvements on them, which we're going to talk about, um, it's going to shift pretty significantly. Um, and I think the performance on lead ads is, is only going to get better. One real quick thing on that, uh, because I know we're about to jump into a bunch, bunch of stuff about lead ads. On, on volume, I think what may contribute to that, initially when... It was only for mobile. Keep in mind that's cutting out right. a lot of distribution. So you're running, uh, you're used to running landing page ads where you're going to mobile and sidebar and desktop newsfeed and Instagram and and audience network. And for lead ads, it was only going to mobile. And that's it. Um, mm-hmm. So I think that's the first thing. Second thing is your option to optimize. I think there there are two options for lead ads. Default is your op. op optimizing for the lead. And when there are very few people using lead ads, it's gotta be very difficult to optimize for the lead as, as opposed to driving people to a landing page and optimizing for a conversion or optimizing for a website click. And you have basically have all options too for optimization there where you don't with lead ads. Uh, True, I think yeah, that, that impacts volume too. That's right, and it's not in the algorithm yet really, right, in right. terms of bidding. And, and so I think that's interesting. Um, and I think that's a good point. I wonder who brought that up this morning. Um, Did you bring that up? I mean, I may have. <laughs> it must have been during the time I wasn't listening. I may or may not have. This is the beauty of uh, recording twice. Is I can take credit for everything that I really liked that you said this morning. <laughs> I actually this, don't, I don't was, remember that at all. It's, it, I mean, you know, if you think we're drunk now, you should hurt us this morning. It's ridiculous. Um, but by the way, if you ever want to send us a beer, email me, Andrew at Foxwell Digital. We're definitely rep your your beer. Absolutely. Um, and that goes back to, uh, we've talked about this before, but anyone who is a brewer, a Milwaukee brewer too, that'd be cool. But I used to have a website where I did beer reviews. And I, all I asked is like, just send me, your, send me some free beer and we'll write some beer reviews. It was like the greatest uh, like intermediate business before I started business I've ever had where I just got paid in beer and like all my friends got beer is the greatest thing ever. So if anybody wants to sponsor yeah. a show, just send us a six pack and we'll, we'll you'll be our sponsor. That's that's probably right. going too far. I probably shouldn't have said that. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, I mean, I'm thinking we need at least 50 cases each. Um, yeah, anyway, continue. Just a full supply. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think, I think but anyway, so I, we've heard a lot recently, lead ads are doing a lot better. Uh, I think they've become more sophisticated. I think there's more optimization on them, there's more data on them, which is improving it. And now there's obviously this improvement. So John, I know you want to talk about the improvements on lead ads. How do you know I want to talk about that? I might not want to talk about that. 
Well, I, I mean, I want to talk about it. So okay. do you want to talk about it? Because you're, you're the expert here on, on that, yeah. that subject. So You just read my mind. Uh, well, I think the – well, first of all, I, I see success with lead ads. Um, but there's absolutely reason why they wouldn't work for somebody. Um, and this came up on the Power Heroes Club webinar today that wasn't recorded properly where um, someone asked about it. Like, you know, we're not seeing good results. You know, what are you seeing? Well, first of all, you can't split test a lead ad versus a regular ad that's driving people to a landing page and do everything exactly the same. Because when, let's say both ads are kind of teasing you, saying, oh, this is some great thing that you need to opt in for, but doesn't provide all the details. You go to the landing page and all the details are there. So the landing page also um, may provide not only more details, but there may be some call to action there or whatever that may just result in, in actually collecting the lead. Um, where So now with your lead ad, they click on that and they don't get any of that that would be in a landing page. Um, so now you're like, wait a minute, I, want, I needed more information and you're not giving it to me. So that's one issue. Um, so you, get, you, have, you basically need to use your ad copy and imagery as your landing page for a lead ad because you have to provide all that information up front. Um, that's one issue. Another is quality. So lead ads are so easy that it could be too easy. And I think, again, we can compare this to what we know about landing pages and uh, conversion rates. So if you have a landing page, all you ask for is an email address. You're going to get a ton of email addresses, but you're also going to get a ton of low quality email addresses. So if you, every time, and people will tell you this, every time you add another field, it, your conversion rate goes down, but the quality usually goes up. Like you give, basically anyone who goes through all those steps will be a higher quality lead. So we still want it to be easy, but there's a give and take, right? So there's a balance there. So with lead ads, um, I wouldn't ask for just an email address. You ask for first name, last name, email address usually. Um, if you have an issue with quality, ask an open-ended question. Ask a multiple choice question. You can throw those on lead ads too. Well, one thing I like to do is add a context card. So there's one more step, like just to verify, this is what you're gonna get by submitting. So it's, it's almost like combating the fact that this is so easy to make sure it's high quality. Um, so that's what I'm doing, and I, I'm still getting much better cost per lead with lead ads than I do with landing pages. I'm, I'm running them side by side. So Yeah, it's, it's pretty interesting. Um, I think they are so seamless, and they're so easy to use, and they're so fun to use that uh, you get an opportunity to you know, build something right there. It feels very, they're even, they're much, much simpler to create than a canvas ad. Um, if those of you, you know, that have done that and, and kind of that experiential piece. And so I think what, what'll be interesting is, um, if you can do an EB test on it, I think I'm definitely going to try this on a couple of accounts, um, to, to basically get going on a, a lead generation test on a split test of an audience, take that audience and split it in half and try a true split between them, uh, not run this two different ads at the same audience. Uh, because I think website clicks, there's still more data on them and it will do a lot better. Um, but I think it'd also be interesting to try it on people as well, doing doing more lead ads that aren't necessarily like digital natives. One of the clients I work with does a lot with government employees. 
Um, and that could be an interesting one to try it with because we do a lot of lead generation with them, um, but we don't necessarily do lead gen. Um, we don't, we've tried to lead ads and they didn't work. And so I think trying them again would be kind of interesting to see now that there's more data on them and there's more, there's better optimization that could take place. Yeah, it's always interesting talking to you too, Andrew, because a lot of times we have different approaches. So it doesn't mean that one way is right or wrong. Because <clears throat> like, like you talk about not uh, running them both to the same audience. I have no problem sending them to the same audience. I, I don't think it's a big, big issue. But, um, and I, but I understand. I mean, that's something you do in addition to like uh, running different ads or uh, different ads for different placements, things like that. Basically, there are different ways. Well, of I think so. I think you could. I mean, you can run them at the same audience, right? And I and I actually do that in a number of other accounts. Um, I actually one of the big scaling, um, you know, little bonus tip here, little hidden tip. Um, one of the scaling things that I do is um, I do one ad per ad set, which we have a thing to talk about on here before. Is to run five or six ads within different ad sets at the same audience, and that's kind of an interesting way to scale things. And it helps give you a lot of control. You have to have a lot of budget to do it, um, but that's kind of an interesting piece of it. But in this case, if you're running towards an audience that is you're spending a lot of money on, and you're going towards a website conversion for let's say twenty dollars, okay, um, and that's your OCPM override, uh, the override. Um, if you're doing that. That's a small subset of the audience, and it may be that there may not be enough inventory to do that in both cases. So splitting them out to actually see, you know, just not showing the same audience two different types of ads, it would be interesting to me to see if you did them at one, you know, together and then separate and really do a test. Um, I don't think it would make a huge difference, but I do think that it would give you a better read um, because naturally, if it's a, if it's a smaller audience you may have challenges with inventory serving and stuff as well which is like if if the lead ad starts to work in the first 48 hours then is a lead ad just like the winner like you know i mean is it the true winner is it going to actually i don't don't think i don't think facebook's going to optimize in that way though because they're not in the same campaign right but if they and I mean, they audience, they're definitely looking at the same audience. So Facebook would be looking at the, the audience and serving them. And even if they're not in the same campaign, it would see them and, and know that it's serving the same audience. I mean, you can kind of trick it to some degree. But my point is that it's never going to be a super clean test if you have them running right. both together. Yeah. You might as well always run them separately if you can um, and just to try to see. And if anybody's done this, anybody's done any lead ad tests and wants to talk about it you can always email me Andrew Foxwell Digital I'm very interested word so uh, on, the, on the topic of lead ads uh, interesting new development that came out there um, and I'm, I'm understanding too that not everybody ha- alright staying on the topic of lead ads um, I'm really quickly realizing that not everybody has this feature but Something I'm really excited about is the engagement on Facebook ads, or excuse me, engagement on Facebook custom audiences. Originally came out for video, where you can create audiences of people engaged with video, organic or paid, either one video or multiple videos, three seconds, 10 seconds, 25%, 50%, 75%, 95%. But anyway, great, great little tool, but it was called engagement on Facebook. So I was immediately excited about it, like, oh, what else is gonna come? Well. Lead ad engagement. So this solved a really important problem with lead ads is that when you're not sending people to a, your website, 
you don't get any of that data of their engagement on that landing page. So you could, uh, so for example, anyone who has registered for whatever it is your lead ad is promoting, uh, excluding those people became a little bit of a challenge. Now, there's a workaround that I've figured out, but you couldn't exclude them by um, thank you page, for example. Um, So that was one thing, but there also wasn't any kind of re-engagement where it's like, okay, how about the people who clicked on the lead form but never did complete it? Kind of like if they clicked on the ad, went to the landing page, but didn't complete complete the form on the landing page, um, you could create a whole new ad to re-engage them. So these new custom audiences allows you to do just that. So you can create an audience of anyone who uh, opened a lead ad, uh, lead ad form, anybody who opened a lead ad form and submitted it, and anybody who opened a lead ad form and didn't submit. So um, some cool things happen in there to allow us some additional remarketing power and targeting and excluding, excluding um, based on engagement with the those lead ad forms. And I think that's great. I mean, it, that gives us the opportunity to make them mere website custom audiences and website click ads and conversion ads, you know, in the same similar way. Um, and you probably actually would have better match rates from that because they're coming natively, you know, I mean, they're right there on the platform, Facebook's capturing them. So it's that's weird. Kind of I, it's weird. I feel like someone said that this morning. I don't know. I, I don't recall that. Um, I I guess I have memory issues, um, but uh, but I I feel like that's a original idea. Um, it's just me. But hey, that came up because uh, so so. Well, first of all, yes, the match rate would be you would presume really good. Uh, I don't know what it is, but since it is auto filled from your profile, but people can change it. It's not a. It wouldn't be a hundred percent, but I would assume ninety something. Um, but that came up for me because um, you still want to make sure you exclude people who have registered. So if you're otherwise just excluding those people who registered via the email address, that's the, that was the only other option you had before. So you had email custom audience that you're excluding. So you could keep showing the same people the same ads, um, even though they already registered, just because they used a different email address. But now with this, it gives you one more way to exclude. So that was, that's a brilliant idea though, Andrew. Just smart, just smart, smart, smart ideas kind of flown on this podcast. It's pretty unbelievable. Uh, uh, I mean, yeah, did, did I, did it interrupt you though? Was there something else you were getting to on that? No, I mean, I think, I think it's interesting on, on the audience's piece. I think it's only going to get better. And, um, and I think what your this this is it's clear that you're they're they're going to keep more on the the network uh, itself and on the platform, and I think you could even you could see how this translates into if you're a publisher, um, people that have read an article, they've read 15 seconds of an article, they've read you know if you do instant articles, um, you know they've yes. read five and, articles, and that's something that's not in there, right? I mean, there's. You got to right. think that that's going to be in a new engagement on Facebook will be right. Engagement that's that's my point. Yeah. It's going to be it's going to be something, and, and and why would you not? Why would they not? You know, they have more of these options. Engage with a post on Facebook. You know, I mean, comment, like, share. Yeah, exactly. Why would they not split those out? You can different get different quality of users. That sort of continues to make a case for you know having a lot of likes, and and so you know, I think. 
they, what Facebook has realized is that their custom audience algorithm is really powerful. And the way that that engine creates audiences is really big. And so the more that they can give us access to custom audiences, the better off they're going to be because the results are better there. They're proprietary only to you. Um, you know, and it's just, it's a, it makes you feel, you know, I mean, it's, it, it's, it's something that only you have, right? It's not interest targeting. So, um, by the way, I don't know if you read John's latest blog post, uh, but if you've ever tried to target grass, mm. you might be able to get in front of John. I'm Actually, I removed that though. That's no. Oh, you did. Yeah. So. Take it away. Yeah. So yeah, we we did not talk about this this morning, and we're gonna we're drunk, so it doesn't matter. But um, basically, it was now not my most recent blog post because I wrote another one today. But uh, last Friday. Oh yeah, the, the last one before this. Basically, your ad preferences and. And correct me because somebody else wrote about it like two days later. It's a brilliant idea. But um, you can check your ad preferences and see all the ways that um, advertisers can target you via interest. So Facebook is really transparent about it. But not only can you see it, but you can control which interests they use, which they don't. You can add new interests, things like that, for targeting purposes to get good targeted ads. And, but first of all, anyone says, oh, just remove them all. Well, then you're just going to get terribly targeted ads. You're not going to just stop seeing ads. But anyway, I'd say maybe a third or, or so of the interests were good and legit. And some of them were like, they weren't terrible, but they were like, nah. Like, like things that I probably had, I, they were in my profile. Because I've had a profile for nine years, going on 10 years. So I was like, I love the Backstreet Boys. No, I didn't do anything like that. But you know, it's, it's all these kind of things in my profile that aren't really relevant anymore. And so you could target me based on this. But yeah, one of the weirdest things is you could target me based on an interest in grass. Now, I know I live in Colorado where a certain type of grass is legal here, but I don't I really understand otherwise why someone would target me based on grass. Um, another one was Lisa Simpson. No idea. I'm not a huge <laughs> Simpsons fan, but Lisa Simpson. I mean, there's like this long list of just like random and just if you target me on any based on any of those, you're just wasting your money. That's, that's just why it's so important that you've got custom audiences and can target people who have actually, you know, connected with you in some way. Yeah, absolutely. And the custom audiences are just so great. And I actually, you know, for a long time, didn't even use a lot of three percent lookalikes. And we can and we've talked about this before. A lot of people use a one percent lookalike. It's most common. And for scale, you use a 3% lookalike. Uh, but I've been using 3% lookalikes now in a lot of accounts, and the scale is, and the quality is so much higher than it used to be. So mm. this is a testament to the way that they're modeling those. Um, you know, 2,000 factors of similarity in those, um, just just awesome. So, yeah, it's, 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 it's good, and you can see that there'll be more rolling out over time. There'll be more, uh, you know, the ability for you to create custom audiences from almost anything, I would think, in the next six months. Anything. Anything at all. All right. So, unfortunately, I think we're about out of time. I'm out of your father's ginger ale. Uh, but where is it that people can find you, Mr. Andrew? Uh, you can find me at andrew at foxwelldigital.com or just at foxwelldigital.com. Check out read check us out. Um, we have a Foxwell Digital Download. That's a, a monthly newsletter Gracie and I put out. Um, my business partner and wife um, and it is you can sign up for it on our website and it's just kind of a monthly roundup of things so um, 
that's interesting to you and you want to read about deep Facebook and Instagram news and some very futuristic thing on what we think might be next, it's a really great place uh, to check it out. It really is great. I tried to do something like that. I was inspired by it. I got great feedback. People loved it. I said, great, I'm going to do it again. No, it's like, it's just too much work. It's so much work, but you guys do the work every month, so I appreciate that. Well, hey, I'm, I'm glad that you like it. John, then we're endorsed right there. That's right. All right, well, yeah, I think we're over 40 minutes here, but uh, thanks for basically recording twice today, uh, even though no one else got to appreciate it. Uh, but thanks for being on, and... Uh, you know, we'll have you again in four weeks. Otherwise, until next time, do awesome things. We're out.